yo, 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 check this out. This is Fresh Kid out the China, man. Look at you like boo. Yo, yo, what's up, y'all? It's me, DMC. What's up, y'all? This is the boy, Master B. Yo, check us out. Chuck the public enemy. Yo, what's up? This is DJ Yellow from the world's most dangerous group. What's up? This is DLC. This is Jerry Heller, motherfuckers. Your boy DJ Paul K. Oil 361. Vice One. Yo, this is DJ Ready Brand. What up, what up, what up? This is the real Rick Ross. You listen to me on the Murder Master Music Show. This is the show that shows the limits broadcast up and put the real. Interviews with legendary artists. Still got love for the underground field. Rappers with records are better than each other. Rappers are coming up. Get a put on. We need to the platform to fight the beat. The show that you need to be on. Hit up YouTube. Follow up with us.com for all of your needs. Production and mixing and master and grab it. Check out the archives and hundreds of shows. But you can come to the view of Everything free to download the stream. Oh, yeah, we're going to turn your real review. We got that boy with me, but I bitch, we represent. All them killers on the mic, and we should love to all your fans. Motherfuckers wanna hate. Do your thing, you keep the focus. Bringing nothing but the rhythm. Come and tune into the dopest. I'm a man, man. Like the Sugar Hill Gang and all that, and 
the Grandmaster Flash and things that don't push me, Cat and Big Daddy Kane, Rakim, all them folks on the East Coast was making me get juiced on it. On the West Coast, of course, it was Ice T and I was watching, uh, listening to Too Short do his thing, but on, you know, in the city in Richmond, we had Calvin T doing his thing. So, you know, I mean, that got me excited about the raps, and uh, then I started pursuing them. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that that right there was a, a big moment for the West Coast. You know, you had McCola Records over there in L.A. You had, uh, like you said, Ice T, N.W.A.Z., all that stuff. Too Short. Um, Richmond was right there, you know. Um, you guys were not very far behind at all. Uh, what, what point did you start recording? Uh, I think it was probably around uh, probably about '87. We started playing around with record, you know, with four tracks and, and stuff like that. '87, '88. So you, you was like making demo tapes and whatnot, mixtapes. Right, we we was all still in school, but we was trying to we was trying to figure it out, you know. Because I was winning all the little talent contests and all that good stuff, and and getting a tour around the high schools and stuff. So, uh, of course that that was a little bit later after that, but uh, that's what led to me really pursuing it. Yeah, you realize you had some some talent. Why not go forward with it? Um, so so you're putting out tapes and stuff, right? Right at the same time, cats like DJ Quick is dropping and and uh, MC8, right. but he's dropping just in different areas. Um, you know, at, at what point did Master P touch down in Richmond? Was that like '89? Uh, I'm assuming that man. I hadn't I hadn't heard of Master P at that time, but. This one cat, Taiwan, was from New Orleans, so he let me hear the mind of a psychopath. And that's when I first got familiar with Master P. Okay, okay. So um, basically, you know, uh, uh, DJ Grandmaster Scratch um, and Big O, they was already um, down with him, so to speak. And then you got down with him after the mind of the psychopath. They brought you in? Who brought you in? Was it uh, Scratch or? No, I never, I never met Scratch or, or Big O personally. Uh, Master P directly. I mean, I we was playing who at Country Costa College, and uh, then after that, uh, I think somehow we got into a rap conversation. Him telling me who he was, and then I told him who I was, and then um, I think I may have said some, you know, said something for him, but rap or something. And then after that, he got me in the lab. We started working. Took me to oh. Phenomenal producer right there. Um, right. What were your first impressions of K-Lu when you guys went there? I mean, when you first going to K-Lu, you could tell he, you know, he got a lot of experience. You know, you, you knew he knew what he was doing. You know what I mean? He came from a band. He had a funk band before. He kind of gave us a run. He gave me a rundown because I'm sure Matt Speed was familiar. And then after that, uh, you know what I mean? I just began to respect his abilities. You know, K. Luke can do a super mix, and his production was great. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, so you you and Master P started recording, and then you, you you eventually become part of True? Yeah, that's what happened. 
so you you were on um if I'm not mistaken um you know what I'm saying the first real untouchables the like the full album um yeah I, was, I, I forget I was the name. it was after clean. getaway clean you was on the was getaway, on getaway clean. clean yeah I was and, playing uh, on the fence and all that were you uh, were you also on understanding the criminal mind no I wasn't on understanding the criminal mind I was on uh getaway clean uh Mama's bad boy going big time. Uh, uh, what is that? Low down and dirty with me, him and King George. Uh, hanging in the hood. That cover had me just me and Master P on the cover, you know. Yeah, that, that was pretty. Uh, uh, it, was, it was pretty uh, a different era in hip hop back then compared to now. Yeah, sure. it was a different time. Hand over fist, you know what I'm saying? Money out out the trunk. You know, nowadays everything's digital. Back then, did you see, like, the hustle in Master P? Did you know he was going to go pretty far in the the rap game? I feel like he was, to be honest. I mean, the dude had a different kind of motivation. You know what I mean? It's, uh, you know, anytime somebody's speaking about being on top, you know, as much as he did, uh, at the same time, uh, you know, we was doing little skits where uh, where we was acting like we was counting millions already. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think I feel like with situations like that, thoughts become things. And uh, for him, it definitely worked out that way. It ended up being a super success story. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Manifest. I feel like. Yeah, it manifested. I feel like I feel like it was gonna go that way, and it did. You know, we just, you know, I just decided to do my own thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, you you dev, you know, you started your own record label and, and putting out a lot of a lot of dope projects yourself. Um, right. You no, know, but uh, um, you know, what made you say, uh, you know, what I I, I want to do my own thing and and uh, not go this this no limit route anymore. Creative differences. It's probably creative differences. That's all. You know what I mean. He had a, he had his plan, and uh, I guess as we was going along, I was beginning to formulate a plan. You know, and uh, but that's all it was. It was just creative differences. Uh, I was I was around uh, Jason Blaine and the whole intermittent music people and all that, and. Uh, he had told me to go learn from the girl up in there, and I went up in there, and she started schooling me on the game and what I could and couldn't do. My first record was Late Night Gap, and you could tell I was influenced by MC8 just with the title. You know what I mean? Yeah. And at that particular time, I wanted to put out a record called Dank and Drank, and uh, P, he wouldn't really fold that because Pooh Man had a song called Fucking With Dank. And, uh, yeah, yeah. For me, that, I was yeah. kind of adamant about doing that. And then actually, Dank and Drink became my song that, you know what I mean, gave me my name outside of Pete. You know what I mean? Yeah. That song ended yeah, up doing I, good for me. It kicked it off for you. In a Minute, man, was uh, people, I mean, really underestimate how legendary In a Minute was. You know, right. uh, like you mentioned, Pooh Man, RBL Posse, totally insane. Yeah, uh, P and yourself, TRU, uh, Dre Dog. I mean, the, the list goes on and on and on. Um, it, it was so many. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's funny you talking about Blaine. Um, we had King George on the other day, and he uh, he was talking about a time when I guess uh, Blaine owed P money, and, and uh, George wanted to uh, take a chunk off of the side of his head. He said, and P had to tell him, "No, you can't yeah, get I've down like that." that. I've seen that shit. Were you there? No, I wasn't there for that, but I've seen that when y'all. I've seen that right up your that interview. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess George, uh, George P had to tell him that no, this is not how we do that, you know. Right, right. Uh, what were your impressions of King George? King George was cool. I mean, him and I, we ended up doing a few songs after the fact, you know. So he he got on my uh, on one of my records. So we we did a song. We got to crack it after the fact. We we never shot a video, but King George always did his thing, you know. He always putting out records, and he had that Reverend Duron was probably my favorite, you know. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, him and Tobin. Right. Yeah, but he was uh, 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 down doing, with man. you guys right there at the beginning too, huh? Right. Right, he was uh-huh. down. I mean, uh, he was locked up for a minute, but when he got out, it was cool. So. It all, all that worked out too, man. Yeah, yeah. He came back after a couple of years, um, you know. But but you guys, you know, uh, you know, were part of that early foundation. You know what I mean? You guys were um, there, there from the jump. Kind of like how the Ghetto Boys they had a different lineup, you know, uh, at one point in time. You can't, uh, yeah. you can't write you guys out of history. Man, that's just a reality, man, because any time I think about Master P, I think about, you know, him being out there in Richmond, you know what I mean, seeing what it was over there, then actually taking me out there, Louisiana, to them Calio projects, show me where he grew up, and then uh, out to Houston, uh, you know what I mean, how some of them records got broke, you know what I mean, like I'm going big time. That was the first time me hearing uh, myself being spoken on a record, so... All that was big. That was big for me, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Because what you, I mean, that was you guys matter of fact, that was Greg that Street that played so. that on. Uh, I think it was '98, Power '98 or something out there. So that was good. Oh, yeah, that's a, you know, that's amazing. You know, but you, um, you know, uh, No Limit uh, Chronicles. What, what's that been like? Uh, it's been a whole lot of phone calls. It's been a whole lot of people. Uh, I never really spoke on my relationship with Master P to a lot of people. You know what I mean? Some people knew the history. Some some people didn't. I probably just mostly was trying to focus on myself and what I was doing with my artists. You know what I mean? And a couple of businesses that I'm running. You know. Yeah. But it kind of. But brought, I like I like I like the whole series. I think it's uh I think it was good that he did it. And uh, you know, give some people some history. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You got to. You know what I'm saying? You got to go back and because there's a lot of you know spots like Richmond. I, I believe were very underrated and didn't get the props that you guys deserve because there's a lot of talent there. You know, um, you're definitely you're definitely proof of that. Now you started putting out records on your own. Um, you know what I'm saying? Uh, what was the what was the first one like? Did you were you able to like go on the road and do shows and take it out of state or how, how was it? Yeah, 
first one was good. I did the late night gap and uh, I was pressing up. I mean, back then I was pressing up cassettes and CDs. So I was learning the game, you know, and being that uh, I got walked into Jason Blaine and all of them at the music people. I was able to watch the game, see how they do it. Uh, I was watching uh, different entities bring their uh, they music in. At first it was, uh, for me, I was getting paid that every quarter. But then I figured out how they was doing it, how to get a check as soon as I bring some product in. And then after that, I started getting paid as soon as I brought the product, not having to worry about return. So I felt like I was learning about the game firsthand. I can't say that I didn't get some game from Master P because he knew what he was doing. He had a vision when it came to that. You see what I'm saying? But when I started with the Hood Records, man, I just kind of started picking it up on my own, what I needed to do to be efficient and to get some real paper because after that, as I put out more records, I was able to get more advances from distributors. One stops. Oh. Just keep elevating yeah. there. Kept elevating. Then after that, I met Murder Dog, the owner of Murder Dog, Black Dog Bone. Yeah. I'm sure you're familiar with Murder Dog magazine. So Murder oh, Dog. Man, I, wrote, uh, I wrote for him for 15 years. Come on, man. See, that's what I'm saying. Murder Dog yeah. kept me up in Murder Dog magazine for a while, you know? Absolutely. I probably reviewed some of your albums, man. You know, you um, probably did, maybe, man. maybe retrospect or, or um, you know, I'm saying rich mentality or, you know, uh, yeah, because Black Dog, he, he touched down in like 93. What, when did you meet Black Dog? Uh, it had to be somewhere in 95, 96, because uh, he was working with my folks, Lou Nut and Flag Nutty from Landon and Loss. Yeah, you know flag so, and Luna, yeah. yeah. Flag and Luna, so it all made sense. And then after that, Murder Dog started inviting me on trips. So I used to go with him out of state on a whole lot of trips, man. Whether it was oh, wow. Swab House, you know what I mean? Whether it was dealing with Nelly and them, St. Louis, St. Louis trip, that was all. Uh, my first St. Louis trip was with uh, Murder Dog, you know? And uh, as far as as far as what you were saying with my record with Late Night Gaffling, yeah, I got to move around, but regionally I moved around. I didn't get to go all across the states with it, but regionally, you know, the Bay Area market, to me, it was like a Seattle, Portland, Kansas, you know, Denver, you know what I mean, Vegas and all that. El Paso. So those were the so main I got to touch. selling points right. at that time. Right, yeah. the main places that buy Bay Rap. So I got to touch all those places, you know? Yeah, like when when you drop selling an album, out. they put a, print out a one-sheet. <clears throat> and right. you talk about the projected cities and markets where you're going to sell. Um, right. But yeah, but real real quick, I want to go back to the uh, Murder Dog man because that, that's interesting. So you're traveling around with Black Dog. You know, he I, I've right. known him for a long time. He's like an enigma, very interesting character, man. What was he of like? Course. What was his personality like? And did you learn anything from him during your travels with him? Yeah, I learned a lot, man. I mean, I was learning how to. Uh, how to deal with artists, you know what I mean? How to how to, how to right kind of relationship with them? Because I mean, Black Dog helped a whole lot of artists get to the next level. That's just a fact. You know what I mean? Even it even led to me wanting to pursue the publishing part of the game because I mean, Black Dog was uh, he was sending me out there to uh, interact with them artists. A lot of them Swab House guys, I got to interact with them. A lot of them uh, what is it? Uh, Rap a lot guys, I got to chop it up with them. You know. Uh, I mean, I even uh, 
when I was thing was when I was in Master P, I met Pimp C and Von B when they used to be at the flea market back in the day doing their thing. You know what I mean? So it go it go way back with this. Yeah, Black Dog, uh, man, the guy is, uh, he had an incredible, like, 20-year run with the magazine. Um, I was with them from 98 to 2013 when they closed. But, uh, man, he oh, lasted wow. from 93 to 2013, man, hell of a run. Uh, I think now he's back oh, in the wow. music. He's he's doing music and traveling around and stuff. So, uh, you know, hell of a magazine. There'll never be another Murder Dog, man. You know, uh, you no. can't emulate that kind of... Uh, you know what I'm saying, um, hip-hop preservation. We try to here, you know what I'm saying, we try to, uh, you know, it, it's kind of like the audio murder dog, but, you know, there's nothing like that that magazine feel. Um, like I said, the game's changed so much. Uh, we're going to go to the track real quick. This one here um, I, I got is called uh, Truth. Um, tell us about this one, please. Uh, the truth is the truth be told. Is that what you got? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. I think you dropped it like six months ago. Oh, yeah, that's with uh, me and my folks, Big Sideways, man. We're working on his project right now. He got a whole record done, so we, we've been rocking pretty oh, hard for a years now. Yeah, yeah, so we we trying to uh, push his envelope because my thing now, even more so besides myself, is trying to push these artists and help them out and give them some of the games that I know about. So it's working out. Yeah, absolutely, man. You you know a lot because uh, you know you were right there for so much. Uh, let's give him this, and then we'll come right back and chop it up some more. Um, you know what I'm saying? With chili powder, don't go nowhere. I went to shit like a street sewer. Truth is, I'm not a talker, I'm a real sewer. Now, peace off the leash, I'ma talk to it. And when I say AOB, it's cause I bought you. Truth is, I give a fuck about a star set. I come from knocking niggas down with your apparatus. I'm from an era where you really had to pay the price. I'm from an era where you really had to sacrifice. Met a lot of square bitches that was x ready. Truth is, shit, you know too much, you outdated. Fuck niggas, bite their tongue, real niggas say. Spoken by a real boss I can tell you ain't never got to blow a check And I can tell you ain't never had no respect From a nigga or a bitch And you hate that Can't understand what I'm saying Hit the plate back
back here at Murder Master Music Show, episode 727. We got Chili Powder. Richmond, uh, one of the Richmond vets, man, been putting it down. Longevity in the game, man. Salute to you for continuing to do this. You know, um, man, a lot of people, yeah, man, a lot of people, um, you know what I'm saying, they put out an album or two and that was it. You know, um, right. you put out several. I mean, you got a, a, a pretty uh, big catalog, you know what I'm saying? Um, what is one of your favorite albums? I mean, you got Retrospect, Rich Mentality, Way Too Real. Um, what, what's one of the ones that you like the most when you look back at your music? I think I think Way Too Real was was, was uh, one of my favorites. Of course, Late Night Gaffling, because it marked the beginning, but Way Too Real... I think that production was super strong. It was real level. It, it kind of gave you my signature sound to me. You know, you knew I was jumping into that mob market, and uh, it was just a good experience overall. You know, they, I had the first video with Way Too Real, so that jumped off pretty good. And then uh, popularity started to rise from there because the radio station started to embrace me a little bit, and uh, it, it just opened up a whole lot of game from there. Yeah, but at the yeah, same absolutely. time, yeah, at the same time that uh, that other record that I had, uh, the retrospect was good stuff because I got to do some stuff with some folks that I wanted to, like Rapaforte and Sally Sale, and uh, yeah, you had a lot of people on that album. Coolio, Coolio, the underdog, Filthy Feel, you know what I mean? Some of my real folks, and uh, you know, way too real had Santa Mafioso and uh, Shady Ace. I was always working with reputable people, man, so it always felt good, yeah. you know what I mean? In this game, I just feel like I accomplished a not, just not to be name-dropping, but I got to work with some great people, man. Yeah, oh, yeah, man. Lou Dutton Flags was on that album, too, wasn't they? Oh, of course. That's what I was about to bring up next. Cause, uh, they was on a class joint. Matter of fact, Lou was always hitting me up, wanting to get a hold of that joint, you know what I mean, for his famous fishing venture, so... It's all making a whole lot of sense. But at the same time, you know, I, I did records with, well, folks probably not familiar with, I did records with Akon. I did records with E-40 and Baby Bash. You know what I mean? All that led to some good radio playing, and all that good stuff. Some folks don't even know. I don't got to experience a whole lot in this game. Yeah. Man, what was, yeah, man, you're right, man. Whether it's real big underground or if it's, Stuff like you're saying, man. Uh, what, what's it like to work with, like, you know, golden platinum artists like E-40? A rapid man, it's a, it's a beautiful thing because, I mean, E-40, I always respected his hustle. I've been watching it for years, you know what I mean? And uh, he always did his thing, always was consistent, you know what I mean? That's motivation for me, watching him, watching Too Short. That was motivation. Watching Mac Dre, that was motivation, you know? So it was a different kind of game, or, or Baby Bash, and, and, and him even co-signing with me getting the action with Akon. You know what I mean? Just being in the game and being reputable and uh, solid, I feel like it just kept me in advance. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, that old saying, steel sharp as steel, you know, um, the best work with the best. And, uh, right. you know, you're one of those guys, you know what I'm saying, um, if you know anything about underground hip-hop in Cali, uh, you got to know about Richie Richard. 
and uh, you got to know about Pac, of course. You got to know about Spice One. But when it comes to Richmond, you got to know about Chili Powder, man. You know, um, it's real shit. I feel like I'm from the golden era, man. I, I, I appreciate it, man. And, and and bringing up them records, bro. I'm, I'm gonna have to say too, because uh, uh, he was on that Chronicle thing. He was also with Lil Rick too, man. I think all that was all all good. Cause yeah, that guy definitely was doing his thing in the rich, man. I don't like to not include folks. You know what I mean? But like you said, Lil Rick, man, yeah, he Rich, Lil Rick was on. Uh, he was on your album, uh, Way Too Real. Um, right. He's a legend too. Yeah. Yeah, he's done a lot of stuff. Yeah, is, he Rick, still, is he still putting music out? Lil Rick always did his thing, man. Huh? You, yeah, you talked to Lil Rick? Video? Yeah, I spoke, oh, I spoke with him a little while back, maybe about six months ago, man. But that guy got new videos out and all that, man. That dude is pushing. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about, man. And See, see, it's good to, to hear that cats have been putting in work for decades and still doing it. Um, right. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and uh, you know, Lil Rick is one of those guys, too. You can't forget about him. You can't forget about cats like 11-5 in, in the Bay. Of course. Um, no. So much talent there, man. So much talent to cover in California. What was it like, though, in, in the in the mid-'90s, surrounded by all that talent um, coming up in the game yourself in that era? I think I – think being around such great talent, you know what I mean, uh, guys who were going from local to regional to getting bigger than that, it was, you knew you had to step your game up. You knew you had to uh, make yourself marketable, especially being on the independent, you know what I mean? You, you had to push, you know what I mean? So I think I think just knowing some of them guys, like, you know what I mean, like I, I knew Taylor Tate personally, so it was different. A wax or smig dirty, so these guys are out here making money off his music. So I'm watching people who I actually know touch paper. It just kept me motivated. It made me want to touch it, and it made me try to better myself and get better with all my records. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, only thing, only thing I feel like I could have did better. I feel like I should have had more visual during them years, but you know, we still pushing. That's what I said to uh, Gangster Nip. I, I said, man, if you would have had videos to some of those songs, man, those early rap a lot releases, that that would have been fucking huge, you know. Right. Um, what Gangsta about speaking dope, of rap a lot? What about Seagram? Um, man, did you get a chance to know him? Honestly, I, I didn't get a chance to know Seagram, man. But I mean, I always respected his work. You know what I mean? Yeah, very talented. Yeah. You know. Yeah, um, but yeah, man, the Bay Area is just uh, uh you know what I'm saying, there's just so much so much talent, so much game. You know, uh you talk about E forty, uh his uncle Saint Charles, that guy really um laid a lot of groundwork in the Bay. Show people how to hustle a little bit and get money in the in, in the rap game. Man, I'm gonna tell you, he really did, because, I mean during that time when I was with uh, with music people doing distribution, uh, I can't, I went to his office a few times and he talked to me about you know stepping my game up. So uh, that guy was definitely always on point to me. You know what I mean? He always was sharing with me about uh, you know what I need to do as far as you need you, you need to get up out the bay in a sense of expanding your market. You know, and 
you know, he always, you know, referred back to the fact of what he did with his family. And I said, yeah, that make a whole lot of sense to me. So I think when Master P definitely went over to him and did a few things and just, you know, at next level. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, he put out, I mean, SMG, uh, you know, in a minute, uh, City Hall. I mean, shit, so much stuff coming out there. So much. Um, We got uh, the homie Sim from France. He's on the line. I know he's got a couple questions for you. Um, or bring him on. Sandy, you there, brother? <clears throat> yes, sir, yes, sir. Hi, Scott. Hi, Sherry Porter. Yeah. Hey. Um, can you tell us about uh, uh, a true when you got uh, Marcus Bank, uh, Kenny G, Fonzo, Daniel Fry, by the day, all the members, all the members? Uh, yeah, I remember that, man. I mean, uh, Daniel Fry and Marcus Banks, uh, that was around the time when uh, I think C. Murder was just get, coming back from the uh, from the Army situation because I remember me and Master Peter went and picked him up or went to go get him at the airport one time out there. Uh, that was a good time, you know what I mean? Marcus, Marcus Fry and uh, Daniel Fry and Marcus Banks, some guys end up going to jail and getting locked up. But... Uh, Fonzo and all them guys, I was around all of them, so it was, it was a good period, you know what I mean? See, Murder, when he came out to the Bay, I was around him, and, uh, you know what I mean? He was good people, so it, it all it just all made sense. What, what was Sea Murder? Uh, yeah. the, you guys hit it off right away, you and Sea Murder? Yeah, it was all good. It was all good, you know what I mean? Uh, he was a good dude. I mean, I think one time I made people mad, I took, uh, took him to the mall, the Hilltop Mall, you know what I mean? A whole lot be happening over there a little bit, but I probably shouldn't have took him over there, but other than that, everything was always good. Yeah. Did you know he, he was yeah. going to be uh, as talented as he was? Uh, at that time, I didn't know, man, but then, you know, as that guy started super developing, man, he, he just became a powerhouse. I mean, his voice is you know, he got a distinctive voice, you know what I mean? So he's easily recognizable, you know? So, yeah. See, Murray, he definitely, he definitely did his thing. I mean, as I, as I followed his music, yeah. man, his dude, he was, he was getting bigger and bigger. It was a time when he did uh, Life in the Fast Lane, Fast and uh, I'm Going Big Time. Right. Toast Rack. So. Right. Well, I mean, you know, yeah. he did super good records. I mean, uh, I mean, him and Silk, so you, you can't knock that, man. I've been seeing a lot of interviews where a lot of people got something to say, but, I mean, these guys don't do some gold and platinum records. How are you going to argue with that? Yeah, yeah, they got paid, man. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Also, also you got uh, a song, uh, a classic song, Tales of the Rich, uh, explicit rich moment, in fact, but you learn Rick and Matthews also now classic album which win. Can you tell us about this one, Tell Us of Rich? But how it was to, to be in Richmond in the eighties or nineties and all that. Well man, the cool thing about that Tells from the Rich, I feel like uh Lil Rick, he's he's a super talented mafioso. You know, Lil Rick doing that manner thing, mafioso from like that central area. So I mean he's just you know, Richmond got so much funk. Even getting guys on these kind of records is already crazy. You know what I mean? So 
yeah, I just thought it would, it, it would make a whole lot of sense to try to bring the rich together and, uh, you know, get Mafioso and Lil Rick and Sin all on one record from Richmond. I mean, that's a big deal. I didn't never see it happen again. Yeah, for sure. On, on Richmond territory, also, we got a, a dope song like Southside Sickness, which is like the hardcore shit you, you did back in the day, on <laughs> 98. Yeah. So dope. Too. Golden area. Yeah, I mean, it was it was definitely a golden area. I mean, Richmond, a lot of rappers in the rich that I dealt with back at that time, man, was all we was all on some murder music, you know. Uh, my raps kind of led, you know, they was on going down that player player shit line, but uh, hey, it, it all matched real pretty good, you know what I mean? It all made sense. A lot of us all really knew each other, so it made a whole lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. It's just like murder dog music, in fact. You can also song with uh, If It Don't Fit, that you rapping for Tay. It was on your classic yeah. album, Rest Respect. Can I tell right. about this one? Yeah, also. Man, I, I, it's I, rapping I for Tay. Yeah, rapping for Tay, man. I mean, it's a legend, bro. I mean, uh, I ended up meeting uh, JT, the bigger figure. That was real good. And uh ended up meeting Fote. Told him I wanted to get down on one with him. He was with it. Uh, he told me I needed to get a track from G-Man Stan to make it work, so I went over to the studio, met up with him, and uh, cashed him out for a track. And uh, I think that same day, I knocked out that Rabbit Fote and the one with Sully Cell, because both of them had G-Man Stan beats, you know what I mean? So I kind of did a double whammy right there, you know what I mean? Got two classic artists, same day. So it made a whole lot of sense, man. It was, uh, to me, it was a big move. Yeah, for sure. Get also change all the cracking too. <laughs> right. Especially considering that I was a fan of, of both of these guys' music. You know what I mean? Because when Rapper Fote was rapping on that classic song with Too Short, Don't Fight the Feeling, I was like, okay. You know what I'm saying? I was respecting the crap. Sully Sell, him and I did shows together. And uh, so I always respecting his gang too with all that hillside good shit he was speaking on. So it all made sense. Yeah, for sure. Legendary. You know what I'm saying? Those those were the days um, I really liked hip hop the most. You know, I loved it in the right. '80s. Don't get me wrong. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, ever since the Fat Boys and Run DMC on up, you know what I'm saying? Easy, Too Short, Too Live, all that good stuff. But the '90s, man, from 1990 to 1999, that's the hardest ten years of hip hop you could get. Um, it is so many classics. Yeah, you can't beat it. I mean, it was it was just too many uh, talented artists out there. Plus, everybody sounded different then. Everybody didn't try to, you know what I mean, kind of copy or emulate styles. Yeah. You know, you everybody knew who was from Richmond, sound. who was from Frisco, who was from, you know, what I'm saying the Bronx, yeah. who was from Chicago. It, it, you knew it was distinction. Right, you was able to identify it with the music because everybody did music according to their area, you know. Now everything is kind of messed up as far as, you know, everybody doing everything. I, mean, I guess it's not nothing really wrong with it, but I like that, that distinction better, you know what I mean? Yeah, me too. I'm with you, you on that. You, you, um, could tell, you could tell L.A. music and Bay music. You could tell You could tell the difference between the a down south artist or east coast artist, you could just tell tell the difference. Or a Midwest artist, they, everybody had different styles. Yeah, 
absolutely. Yeah, because it's about shit. It's about song. Like the baby right. song. <laughs> you knew when you were hearing uh, DJ Ready Red production or, uh, right. you know what I'm saying, when you were hearing Compton's Most Wanted, you knew uh, when you were hearing, you know what I'm saying, uh, DJ Muggs. Now, yeah, you're right, man. It's, uh, everyone's going for that same sound. You know, it's like uh, um, I, I, I like it when they're creative. You know, I, mean, I like it too, man. I, I think I think uh, the cool thing about it though, it's a few artists out there that got distinctive sounds, man. I think I think that's why they yeah. stand out artists. I mean, like and in, in, I mean, E Forty still always had his sound. You know, too short to me, he still maintains his sound. Among the younger younger generation, to be the weeder or Jay Stalin or or uh, I am Sue, these dudes got their own. You know what I mean? They got a distinctive sound, so I, I respect that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I do so, too. And and, uh, and I definitely want to clarify: there's a lot of young, talented artists that, that are putting out dope music now too. Of um, course, of course. You know, it's not all just mumble. You know, there's a lot of guys no. spitting bars with substance. Um, right. So, and uh, you know, you just gotta have balance, man. My problem isn't with the artists doing that kind of music; it's with the um, program directors that only focus on that kind of music. There should be lanes for for everybody, you know. Um, why not have you know more conscious, more substance, more street stuff versus just you know more mumble? I don't know. I mean, they like the trendy pop stuff, you know, that gets them all their views. Man, that make a whole lot of sense because it seems like they're trying to flush the street stuff off. You know what I mean? And I feel like they can't do that. You need that balance, like you was just saying. You got to have the street shit too. You have to have it. You know what I mean? That, that, well, that's they, they don't want Ice to telling you not to smoke crack. You know, um, right. you know, he told you, man. You know, you played yourself. Um, right. They, they, they don't want that uh, uh, consciousness part of your brain being activated anymore because uh, they want you dumbed down and, and to be passive to accept anything. Whereas in the 80s, you know, we had teachers. You know what I'm saying? In the 90s, we had teachers. You guys were, you know, giving us a, a mirror reflection image of what was going on in the streets, whether it be from the politics to the dope game, whatever it be. You guys were letting us know what the fuck was really happening. You know, street right. reporters. No, and, I agree with you 100% on that. 100%. You know, now but then, like you said, yeah, yeah. now it's different. It's, it's, it's a little watered down. But then, like you said, too, there's still some artists that, that, that uh, they give it to you, man. It's just not as many. Yeah. Yeah, you got to go it's find them. And then that's what we do. We try to sift through the bullshit. And, uh, you know, when, when Spice One drops a new album, we got to support it. You know, J.O. Felony just dropped two new albums. Um, yeah. You know, K. Reno, one day he dropped seven albums on one day. Yeah, and, I paid, and I paid attention been, to his, uh, his videos he was dropping. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that shit should be, uh, you know, uh, covered by every uh, hip-hop platform there is. You know, when somebody does right. something amazing like that for the, for the art. You know, but and you um, can't beat that. No, no, not at all. What about you though, Chili Powder? Do you have a um, album that you're put, getting ready to put out? Yep, I got a new uh, record coming out right now, man, called uh, Power Moves, man. So it's 
on that record is going to not only showcase some of these other cats that I work around, but like my artists like uh, A1 Yola, Ruby, and G Plus, and Money Meets, you know, all these folks that I'm working with, man, it's going to uh, open up a platform for them, Lil A and such. So it's going to be something to look forward to. Matter of fact, I meant to shoot you some MP3s on that, man. Maybe we can get back get back to that later, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, dude, I definitely want to follow up and do another episode in the future, man. Whenever you get ready to drop, uh, we'll bring you back on. We'll play a few of those tracks, and we'll chop it up again as well. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and also, you're more than welcome to join us whenever we do a roundtable. We're thinking about doing, I don't know if you want to participate or not, we're thinking about doing a Richmond roundtable with, like, DJ Grandmaster Scratch, MC Big O, maybe yourself, maybe King George might call in. Uh, you know, if you're down for that, you know. It's, uh, yeah, just let, let me know, man. I'm with it. Yeah, that'd be dope to hear you guys just reminisce about, you know what I'm saying, the early days. And we did stuff like that with Rap A Lot. Like, we had like 15 different Rap A Lot artists and, and groups just all chopping it up about the, the, the early days, you know. We were all about preservation. That all makes sense to me. I think uh, it needs to be more platforms like this, man, pushing that level, man, pushing that edge on this, you know? You yeah, got to preserve you, all that, man. You got to preserve you gotta, it, man. You got to. Uh, it's good history for everybody, you know? Yeah, oh, yeah. There's a lot of guys that never um, had the opportunity to be interviewed at all, tell their story at all. You know, DJ Reddy Red was one of those dudes that, you know, uh, we were fortunate enough to be able to know him before he passed and tell his story, you know what I'm saying? Because a lot of people, they always wonder, man, what happened to DJ Reddy Red? He was one of the ghetto boys. You know, he was, right, he was right. the I guy mean. doing the cutting and scratching and all that shit, you know, and then you right. never heard about him for 20 years. You know, so, right. you know, that's that's what we're trying to do. Um, but, man, I really appreciate you for uh, coming on the show tonight. Um, and like I said, let's do it again real soon. Whenever, whenever you get ready to drop, when when are you thinking about dropping? Uh, here here in the summer still, or the fall, or? Uh, we about to drop in the next three weeks. Oh man, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. We'll we'll bring you out real soon then. Um, we'll next do another three weeks. One. I'll be ready for you. Sounds man, good, man. I appreciate. It. I appreciate you. Before we get out of here, we're going to give them, uh, man, we, we played Truth. Now we're going to go back in time a little bit and play True Lies, man. Why don't you kind of set this one up for us out before we get out of here? Uh, true Lies, man. That's definitely from that uh, Rich Mentality record, man. Go ahead and get into that, man. That was some good stuff, man. Definitely. Definitely. Chili Power, thank you. We'll be at you guys real soon. Murder Master Music Show, UGSForLife.com. Like I'm shacking the killer, shacking the killer. My niggas they be down with the rhythm, shacking the villa, plotting with the.
about nothing, they gon' do nothing, so don't say nothing. Niggas keep creeping, I'm peeping, I'm on the low low at the mobile up in Reno, trying to come up like a casino. Not Valentino, when we pump, there ain't gon' be no man. Jump like a Dino, pop on some Pino, but I see no ego. I keep a phone away, in case I have to blow away. You know it was a throwaway, the play I hate is throw away. I'll be itching. 